I am so excited for us to kick off this brand new series of Collective Conversations. During the month of November, we will hear stories of God's provision, divine encounters, and of God's faithfulness. Well, this week, we begin the first part of a two-part conversation of an adoption story. The Byer family was gracious enough to invite us into their own journey, so lean in and get ready to hear an incredible story of love and faith. This is Collective Conversations. here on the podcast and today we have the buyer family and their story is amazing i don't want to give too much of it away so we are just going to hop in chris susan and maddie joining us tell us a little bit about who you are i grew up in liberty township which is right between valpo and chesterton um with my mom my dad an older brother and a younger sister so i am the middle child yes i graduated from chesterton high school And the funny story of meeting Chris is he went to Chesterton High School as well, and I had no clue who he was. I even went to his high school graduation because he graduated with my brother. Still no clue who he was. He's older? Yes. So he's the cradle robber? Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) By two years. Yeah, two years older. So I met Chris actually the summer after I graduated from high school. I was working, not to date myself, at the... Old Costas Foods in Chesterton, and I was a uh, cashier there, and I was just doing that until I started college. Chris was home for the summer, and we met working together, and he kind of knew my mom because she worked there as well in the deli, and she was constantly telling me to ask out this cute new bag boy. So I finally got up the courage, and I asked him out, and he turned me down. Yeah, and yeah, he said he was too late that night. So I got up the courage again, asked him out a second time, turned down again. This time, I found out later he had another date that night. But I'm guessing the date didn't go well because he ended up asking me out after that. And we went to dinner and a movie and have uh, been together ever since. We did the college long distance thing and uh, been married 31 years. I graduated with my degree in actuarial science and work for CNA Insurance out of Chicago for going on 20 years now. And so, hi, everybody. My name is Chris Beyer. I am the youngest of five siblings. Uh, Grew up in LaPorte, Indiana, and grew up in the church. Our family attended a Swedish Baptist church there in LaPorte. I actually, at the time, went to elementary school. It was a Lutheran private school there. Uh, We always joke because my mom at the time worked uh, as a secretary in the Methodist church. So we had a Baptist church that we attended, a Lutheran church I went to school, and then a Methodist church my mom worked at. So we we said we were an interdenominational family at that that time. But uh, moved to Chesterton area in eighth grade, went to Chesterton High School, as Sue mentioned, then graduated from there, attended Anderson University, where I studied criminal justice and sociology. And as Sue mentioned, I I met her during my sophomore year in the summer, trying to earn money for to go back to college. Um, We were married in the fall after graduation uh, in 92. So pretty quickly after graduating, we were both young. I think I was 22 and, and she was 20 at the time. For the past 25 years, I've worked for Porter County Juvenile Probation and I'm the chief probation officer there. So, uh, so that's a little bit about me. So tell us a little bit about your family. We waited quite a while before we decided to even talk about having a family. 
I think we were about seven years into the marriage, and we had our biological daughter, Madison. We'll say Maddie had a lot of energy. Teachers like to say strong-willed. So by the time she got to kindergarten, she, she was a handful. She was involved in, like, everything. We toted her from just one thing to another. As she got older, she did ask a lot about having a sibling. I think, you know, we were just so busy with her and work and life that we didn't really talk too much about having another one then. And then we realized she's like 10 years old. So we have a pretty big age gap going on. So we decided that we should probably start trying. Unfortunately, we found out that I was not able to have any more. So once we found that out, we started talking about adoption. Now, I grew up with two cousins who were adopted. And, you know, we have some friends that have adopted children. So it, it wasn't a foreign concept to us. Um, I mean, it was pretty normal for me because I grew up with, with that. Decided then that we wanted to do a foster to adopt as opposed to just fostering somebody because we wanted to, like, give a kid a four of a home. And that way also we could adopt a child that was older and closer in age to Madison. And Chris didn't want to change diapers. Uh, how long was the time period between when you, when you found out I'm not going to be able to biologically have any children to when those adoption conversations started? I would say we, we started kind of um, talking about adoption and I, I would say probably a couple of years, we kind of talk off and on about it um, before we, we finally just kind of said, hey, let's just get, let's get moving on it. Let's, yeah. let's go ahead, at least tread in the waters and, and, and uh, making inquiries and, and, and try to do that. So I think one of the things, if I could share that led, that led um, kind of us thinking about adoption and I can remember just early, early on in our marriage. Um, when we were just newly married without any kids and my, my family, um, so my, my parents and all my siblings and their family, we, we all went for a family trip to Kentucky Lake. We met a family, uh, just by the resort pool there. Um, a couple that had this just gorgeous, cute little, um, boy and girl. And just in further conversations with them, kind of learned that they were adopted and they kind of shared, um, some thoughts, uh, or, you know, their experiences of adoption with us as a young couple. Is I think that's kind of something that I think first planted that seed, even though we weren't considering it then. It was I remember us having conversations. Well, that'd be neat to kind of you know give somebody a a, a life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those kids were were adopted through the Department of Child Service as well, to my recollection. But I also had a, a one of my best friends from high school. Um, I learned that he had adopted uh, a child, he and his wife um, from China, and he kind of shared that experience with me, kind of what a private adoption would be like and what what they went through for that. So. So those are all, all those kind of things happening around us. And we finally kind of started considering it again when we were put in a situation where we couldn't have any children of our own. So so you start going down that path and foster to adopt. And all the while, Maddie, you're trying to understand what, that, what it's like as a kid. Do you remember those first conversations about the possibility of adoption? And how did you feel? And how did you sort of just process it all? Yeah, so um, I I believe, like they said, I was around 10 when maybe this first came up for them. But I I don't think that really it was mentioned to me until, and correct me if I'm wrong, I I think I was about 13 years old by the time that they actually sat me down almost like like one of those, like, oh, I'm in trouble, like, sure, you used to (laughs) with your parents. And I didn't know, you know, what was going to be said, but essentially... They said, you know, your mom and I, um, 
we were thinking about adopting and we want to know what your thoughts are on that and how you feel about it, which, you know, was really, really nice of them to to talk to me about it first and see where I was at. I, I remember being really excited about the prospect of, of that happening. Um, all of my friends, my closest friends at the time, had multiple siblings and I felt like everyone I know had multiple siblings. I was really one of the only only childs that I knew of in my area. And so to me, it was like, oh, this is the prospect of like having, you know, more friends at home and like the play date ever had. That's like mm-hmm. I remember specifically that was how I felt about it. And it it just it seemed like a great idea to me. I was excited for it and uh yeah, definitely definitely wanted wanted to have a sibling. Now at thirteen were you thinking I want little or brothers or sisters? What was what was the initial thought for you? I'm pretty sure I told my mom that I wanted brothers and not a sister because I didn't want to have to share my clothes or anything <laughs> like that. So I, I definitely I think I wanted a brother. That is exactly what she said. <laughs> she was very worried she would have to share her room or her toys or her clothes with a sister. So she definitely wanted a brother. Well, you you got your wish. Um, but you, you didn't just get your wish with one. This story actually involves two brothers. So tell us, tell us a little bit about that process in itself. How does it begin? What was difficult about it? What, where, where did you find your initial thoughts and all that? What, what, take us a little bit on that journey. Well, the whole adoption process for us actually went very smoothly. We thank God for that. First uh, thing we did was decide, like Chris said, what kind of adoption we wanted to do. Did we want to um, do a local? Did we want to do overseas, you know, private? I also had a friend like Chris who had adopted overseas. So I knew a lot about that process through her and, you know, everything she went through and found out very quickly how expensive it was. And it, it didn't go smooth for them. Uh, they did end up with the child, but it was a very, very long, rough path. So it kind of, kind of helped us also decide let's maybe do something local and and help you know help a child that's here in in our state. So once we decided on the path to do the fostering to adopt, uh, there was a lot we had to do to prepare. The process did involve a ton of time. For us, at least, everything like I said went extremely smooth. We had, you know, lots of paperwork to fill out, background checks. Uh, we had to take a lot of classes. We had to get certified in CPR and first aid. Uh, we had to be interviewed. And Madison will probably tell you, too, some of the interviews, questions she had to be there, too. Um, we had to do a home visit. We had to, you know, show where the boys would be staying, that we were able to provide, that the home was safe. Uh, so there was definitely a lot that went on in the process. But once we were approved, then we were given access to the DCS website, which basically has a list of kids. And we, we kind of joke that you shop for your kid there. So on that site is where we would go and you just see all the kids that are available for adoption in the DCS system. And you can read their stories and see their pictures. And I'll tell you, a lot of those are hard to read. Yeah. Um, some of the things these kids have gone through, your heart just breaks and you want to adopt them all. The boys, however, were not on that site. 
the caseworker we were working with is the one who told us about the boys. And I don't think they were on the site because at the time they were in another home being ready to be adopted. But at the last minute, that fell through. And then they were put into another foster home. So he kind of brought them to us like, you know, this is their case and kind of explained everything about them and why he thought they would be a good fit for us. So we read their stories and decided to go ahead and and move forward with them. And uh, once we did that, we met them. We had some day visits with them. We had some weekend visits with them, then longer visits with them until they were finally put into our home as, you know, fosters until we adopt. Was your your intention to pursue two children? No. Our intention was to, uh, we were looking just for one, but we got blessed with two. Hmm. You know, God decided that's what we needed. Uh, One thing about the system that's great is that they don't like to break up the families. Yeah. Well, and I can remember looking, as as you said, on the website and you're, and you're looking, we, we chose to get some extra certification at the time. So we were, we were pre-adoptive home. And what that means, if we were fostered a youth, that we could immediately, if they came available for adoption, we could adopt them. Mm-hmm. But we, we chose to look at children that were um, already, uh, where rights had been terminated with parental rights so that they could be fostered quickly and, and be eligible for adoption because um, we, we wanted to have some children that we we knew we could adopt uh, and could be part of the family uh, relatively quickly. And so so that's kind of what we stuck to is the, the pre-adoptive homes and just kind of getting back to the to the multiple kids. I mean, you you look at the website, there's a lot of families on there. Uh, you, you'd see uh, some kids, you know, uh, four, even four or five uh, kids. And I remember us joking about that. And we were like, I don't know if we could do that. There was this a uh, cute family of a bunch of redheads. Five redheads. And he's wow. from like uh, three years old up to, you know, to 13. And and just so, so there's a lot of families that, that and, and that just kind of weighed on our heart. Like, you know, if we could help more than just one, that would be great. And and so that's kind of where we, we went in that direction. So. so John and Anthony were seven and nine when they came to us. And I think we started with visits with them around May or June of 2012. Um, and the process for this, you're supposed to have, like, they're supposed to foster them for a certain length of time before you adopt them. But they felt like they acclimated so well that they actually asked us to move up the adoption date. And they wanted to be able to adopt, adopt them on National Adoption Day. Hmm. So on November 16th of 2012, they became a permanent part of our family. That's when they sealed their cases they gave us new birth certificates as if they were born to us, um, which was really neat. I didn't know they do that. I didn't um, know that either. That's amazing. And yeah. since then, you know, the boys have graduated, you know, from high school. They're in college. Uh, they, When they graduated high school, they were each in the top 10 of their classes. And now they're 18 and 21 and both attending Christian universities. But I just want to reiterate that the, it did a process I, I feel like God moved in that because, you know, when we would talk with other foster parents that were taking some of the classes that we were taking as well, and they, they said that they were waiting for children. And, and it's just, it just seems, things seem to click into place timing-wise and opportunity-wise that it just, it felt like like God was moving. And I mean, of course, we were praying a lot about it. It, it just felt like there was an answer prayer. Things moved moved good, moved quickly. To look and just to hear your story, I mean, there would appear in this, there's evidence of God showing up in very faithful ways in, in the whole process. Well, Maddie, 
you were a, a young girl when all this was going on. Do you, what do you remember of that, the, the initial part of the process for you, where you had questions you had to answer and were part of that experience? And then what did it feel like when it wasn't one little brother, but two? So the, the things that stand out most to me that I remember kind of from that time period, my mom mentioned it and, and jokingly called it shopping for your siblings. I remember the three of us sitting, you know, in front of the computer and it really was like that. It was, it was like uh, online dating, almost like it's, it's like eHarmony scroll through there's pictures, names, uh, interests. It's, it's just profile after profile. And I vividly remember scrolling through that with them. And then the other thing that I remember really vividly is we went on like our first date with them. Uh, and it, it was our foster date where their caseworker uh, met us at a mellow mushroom <laughs> with Jonathan and Anthony. And that was the first time we had ever met. So I remember being just very funny, just jittery, nervous, uh, but it, in, a, in a good way and an excited kind of way. Uh, really, really cool experience. I remember them being so young now, they're, and they're much older now, but when they were seven and nine, when they came to us and, and when we first met them, they were so cute. I remember Anthony, um, he used to wear his glasses, little glasses on the brick nose, and he was like looking at us and tilted back. He's just so cute. And I remember Jonathan just, you know, being really shy, but he was trying and smiling a lot. And you could tell that, you know, they were, they were very nervous, but like excited to be meeting us as well. So it was, those were the, the two things that I'll probably never forget to this day from the process. I do remember being interviewed as well, and uh, I'm sure my parents were nervous. I was going to, you know, they said, You're going to botch this whole thing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, they took away my TV the other day. They're horrible. <laughs> no, I was, like I said, I was really excited for this. I was really committed. Uh, I remember another vivid thing is, is that they told me that, I guess, Jonathan and Anthony had another family that was interested in adoption, but I guess Jonathan had expressed specifically that he wanted an older sister really badly. And and I remember being really excited about hearing that and uh, hoping that that, you know, if that was the, the tip on the scale, then then that being it. So those are those are the kind of things that, that I remember. Oh, that's awesome. It, that is amazing to hear from uh, just thinking what your age was at that time and for you to be able to process all that that way. That speaks well to your heart and speaks well to the to home you have grown up in. Well, let's go to the thought of their home. You've gone from a family of three to a family of five. What was that like? We kind of got used to it a little more while we were fostering them. Uh, but knowing that they were ours now and part of our family and it was all official. Yeah, it was It was different. Um, definitely expenses go up. <laughs> oh, yes. Going out to eat just seemed outrageous. It's like... <laughs> From three to five, it's it's crazy the difference in the cost. You know, all those the, boys like to eat. They do. Oh yeah, and and <laughs> and laundry, a lot more laundry. Yeah, but I'll tell you, it was really nice having you know a lot of people around the dinner table. Mm. You know, and that that's a lot of fun. I think Madison really enjoyed it um, at first for sure because uh, we weren't always hyper focused on her. We could kind of share the love. Uh, <laughs> but I think she also struggled with sometimes with not having all the attention anymore. Because when you're going 13 years of being an only child, you kind of get used to that. 
I mean, Maddie, what was that like for you? You know, all of a sudden, okay, I, I'm excited because I wanted this. This is this is our family now. I love that. But they're two human beings that have come into your home. And like mom said, you know, you've had 13 years of it just being you. When you think back on that, what was it like for you? You know, it, it's hard to remember so many years later. I, I remember we would have the overnight visits before they were, you know, fully, fully taken into our home. So it would be like having them over for a sleepover. They would, you know, come for a night and then a weekend and then, uh, you know, a week or, and then, and then all of a sudden it's 24 seven. Honestly, I don't remember any sort of tiffs or, or bump. It, I don't remember it being like anything, but really kind of painless. It's funny because we got to the point, I think later on, where we started to act like siblings. But at that point, you're 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 newly acquainted, you know, friends. You're still getting to know each other. Um, you want to have, you know, a good relationship with each other. And then once after a while, the comfort sets in. Then you start to bicker. And then, you know, he, he wouldn't give me his, his password for his Amazon account. <laughs> so whatever it is, it's it's silly. Those those things come with the familiarity of being together. So. Eventually, we did, I think, act more like siblings. We would, you know, get on each other's curves or, you know, but really in the beginning, it it was like really seamless, like my parents said, throughout the whole process of the adoption. Yeah, I can remember on that theme, Madison, and one of the first times I, I kind of looked at Sue one time, the comfort did said it, obviously, and they started arguing and, and the, the two boys were supporting each other. And then and then on Madison, it was like a two-on-one and, and they were arguing and I just sat back with Susan and I'm like, I smiled and I go, this is, I know we're a family because, because <laughs> this is what families do. They, you know, they, they get into arguments and, and siblings, you know, get into arguments and stuff. And it just, I just kind of remember distinctly uh, looking at her and kind of almost smiling and letting it go for a while because it's like, that's, that's what families do. Also, one of the things I remember going from us going three to five is put in a basketball theme is like, we it used to be us, Susan and I, two on one. And now, now it's two on three, we had to go to zone defense. It's just so funny because, you know, they say the more you spend time with people, you, you kind of become like them. And so we have several stories of the boys. We're going out places and Sue and Jonathan were walking together up ahead and people people say, oh, I can tell you guys are related because you look just exactly alike. And we just kind of chuckle. It's our little, uh, kind of a little joke or people say that, you know, that that they look like us and, and uh, it's so funny. And then uh, I remember we were we were at a, a car dealership and, and we're talking to a car dealer and he said, uh, the gentleman said to, to Sue, it's like, I could tell that, you know, the boys could be at the boys with us that, that, you know, you guys are related. You can, I can see the resemblance. And, and she joked and said, well, they're actually, they're adopted. And he kind of nervously laughed. And it was like, he's like, huh? oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, no, seriously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are some, some interesting, fun stories that we just love to, you know, to think about. Oh, I love it. In all of this. Walking out your faith in Jesus. How did that faith impact the decision to adopt? How has this journey been impacting your faith since? We definitely prayed a lot about the whole adoption process and asked God to lead us if this was the path we were to take. And if so, lead us to the right child. And he led us to two. Yeah. And I I think one of the Bible verses that stuck out for me when we were kind of thinking about adoption um, was was the James 1, uh, 27 says religion that our father accepts is pure and faultless as this to look after orphans uh, and widows in their distress. And, and that I just remember that being a verse that kind of stuck with me uh, when we were thinking about this. Um, and, and we felt like God had blessed us so much and that we, you know, if we could 
do something about that to help others and honor him by helping others that we wanted to do that. Well, to, to look back on it all, those young boys are now young men. And what has been the greatest blessing that God has given you with your two sons? I can, I can tell you that when we got these boys, they came to us with nothing but a garbage bag each mm. with a uh, few clothes and a couple toys. When we would sit down to dinner uh, or any meal, they would always thank us for feeding them, which they still do to mm. this day. Mm. It's like every meal we sit together, they say thank you for this food. You know, and I just seeing that makes us appreciate like the little things that we've taken for granted. Everything that we've been blessed with and that we have and that we provided to Madison as just common and natural, they were without, you know. So it's just a blessing to be able to see how much they appreciate it and how we can give to them. And I, I feel like they've they've given me the blessing of laughter. They're they're funny boys and you know, we have some really funny, good conversations and just that crack you up. And I think it, it, it's blessed me and helping me to remember, be thankful for the overabundance that, that we have um, and that God's given us that we have as a family. And then I, I just, I think there's going to be future blessings. Uh, I, I'm excited to see how God works in their lives. The boys mature and they start families of their own, how that's going to, God's going to continue to bless uh, us through their lives. Well, I can't thank the two of you enough and you as well, Maddie. Maddie's calling to us from sunny Florida while we are up here in good old <laughs> Northwest Indiana. Thanks for letting us in on this amazing part of the story. And the story is not over. So I hope that you will join us next week as there are some other key perspectives to this story that will be joining us for the second part of this conversation. Thanks for joining us this week. We look forward to joining with you next week for part two of this amazing, thankful story.